0: It's Fox Top 5, the podcast where the hosts always agree to disagree. This week on Fox Top 5, co-host of Fox and & Friends and host of The Brian Kilmeade Show on Fox News Radio, Brian Kilmeade. I thought that was awesome. A superstar who got very human at the end of his career who would then go for back-to-back Super Bowls. And Fox and & Friends weekend
1: co-host, Will Kane always be a legend in Dallas for that and that championship was about as sweet as it gets come together to share their top five favorite sports moments here are this week's hosts Brian and Will
0: Hi everybody, Brian Kilmeade here. It's time for the Fox Top 5. I'm co-host of Fox & Friends, in case you don't know. Also host of the Brian Kilmeade Radio Show on Fox News Radio. And I'm joined by my only real friend in the building because he's the <laughs> only other person allowed in the building. Fox & Friends Weekend co-host Will Kane. like you much better than Pete.
1: You do? Yes. I'm glad we
0: got right. that on the record. And I'm, I hope he doesn't listen to this because I'm scared of him physically. <laughs> uh, as well as his hair gel, which becomes almost like a helmet. Uh, so let's do today... Top five greatest sports moment according to us. Let's work our way from five to one. Will, would you start? Yes, I would. Number five. Number five.
1: Top five sports moments of my lifetime, starting with number five. I believe these don't all have to be good moments in your life, Brian. They just oh. have to be big moments they have to be formative moments and the most formative moment although coming in number five because it was a negative moment for me is the 1981 nfc championship game dallas cowboys against san francisco 49ers the clock is ticking down joe montana then a relatively unknown upstart quarterback rolls out to his right with ed too jones bearing down on him lofts what looks to be a throwaway pass to the back of the end zone and dwight clark comes down with it for a touchdown and the win launching the 49ers dynasty and effectively bringing in to the Dallas Cowboys dynasty of the 70s. All
0: right, let me bring in something else to your event. Danny White, quarterback, finally going to—he has to fill in for Roger Staubach. He spends his whole career as a backup. Back then, the backups don't move. They sit and they wait. He finally gets his shot, right? And he's going to get to the Super Bowl finally and create his own legacy, and he has crushed. And that's the same San Francisco team that was so bad the year before Mm -hmm. when Steve DeBerg was the quarterback and Joe Montana, third-round draft pick— Weights. And why do I know that? Because the Giants picked Phil Simms over Joe Montana in the first round out of Moorhead State. And I thought to myself, you're not going with the Notre Dame quarterback?
1: I was six years old. I went to the bathroom. My parents had a viewing party. All the adults were in the room. I ran out of the room, went to the bathroom, and cried. Wow. But first we- time my sports cried but not the last.
0: Right. It's good to weep once in a while. And for a guy who's a man's man, to admit he cried, yeah. even at the age of six, I think it shows a lot. Thank you. It shows a security that I can't mirror. Here's my number five. And believe it or not, uh, so for the longest time, the Mets were a uh, really bad team. They were really good in 69, but I was four. In 73, I do remember being on the bus thinking they're beating, they're leading the mighty athletics three games to two. Are they going to win this? The answer would be no. They lose it in seven. But I was shocked because I do remember and I almost I used to cut out headlines there were six and a half games into last place and I thought to myself, they're only six and a half out of first, but they were in last. They end up rallying and winning. So that's why it's been such a drought until the year nineteen eighty-six. They show promise in eighty-four. They get close in eighty-five, and eighty-six are the best team in baseball. But as usual, they give, they give you leave you on the end of your seat. Mike Scott and the Houston Astros are almost unbeatable, but they find a way. Then they blow first two games against the Red Sox and they rally back and they end up beating the Red Sox. The ball gets by Buckner in game six. Mm-hmm. They'll enable them to have a game seven. So I'm gonna tell the whole series for me, mm-hmm. uh, for the Mets to win the World Series in 1986, thinking they're going to win a bunch more, that was my number five moment, and that's
1: that's. Daryl Strawberry, Lenny Dykstra. That's those Mets. Wally right?
0: Backman at second, yep. and uh, Gary Carter at yep. uh, uh, behind the plate, and uh, Tim Tuffle would rotate in in a rotation. Mm-hmm. Third base would be Ray Knight. I think he'd get the MVP. Also, Mookie Wilson would rotate in with Dykstra, mm-hmm. who would later go to the Phillies and take steroids. Uh, and then you have in the outfield, Kevin McReynolds. Uh, who might have come in 87 and then uh, Strawberry on the other side.
1: I know we got to get through five moments, but one of my favorite stories about Lenny Dykstra and there are a lot of Lenny Dykstra stories, but it was in Moneyball, which I don't know if you ever read, but Billy Bean talks about coming in as a five-tool, big-time prospect, and they were sitting on in the dugout watching Wild Thing, uh, Mitch Mitch, Mitch Williams? Yes. Uh, um, pitch. And it was all over the place, and everybody was terrified to step in the box. And Lenny Dykstra was sitting down at the end of the bench with a huge wad of chaw in his mouth, just sitting there quietly nodding his head. and goes, he's cussed and said, eh, blanket, I'll go stick him, and just goes up. And that kind of meathead mentality, all confidence, no insecurity, was what made Lenny Dykstra great and what hurt Billy Bean with all those, had all those tools, but didn't have that.
0: Right, and then he would go on to be a pretty GM successful gm Dates. and then uh, brad, you always want brad pitt to play your life story oh that's a good I that you would choose brad pitt to yes. play you in, a lot of people compare us yeah right not the many kill me story yeah. starring brad pitt right i'm pretty sure <laughs> not many people have thought about it but i think they say they're thinking it the brian kill me story starring paul rudd <laughs>
1: uh, oh no thanks <laughs> number four Number four, also, this is going to make me seem like a glutton for punishment, but I'm going to get these failures out of the way. I do think they're important in life and important in sports. There's so many that I remember. The 2009 National Championship game, Longhorns losing to Alabama, the 2006 NBA Finals, the Dallas Mavericks losing to Miami Heat, but the 2011 World Series, the Texas Rangers, one strike away from winning the World Series twice against the St. Louis Cardinals, and they lose it. They were one strike away. It was that close. You could taste it. They were going to win the World Series. Two innings in a row. They were that close and they never got it.
0: Wow, failure really makes a big print on you. It does. Next, the year is 1976. It's been my whole youth where every team was bad. Giants were bad. The Mets were bad. The Yankees were bad up until George Steinbrenner buys the team and they finally put a real good team together before the year before they got Reggie Jackson. The year is 1976 and they're playing the Kansas City Royals in the and I have to go to a, my first wedding of my life and I'm in my teens probably problem. No, maybe not 76 um, yeah, I'm, no, I'm 12, and I watched through the reflector of the manager's office when the Yankees are playing the Royals and Chris Chambliss' homers to end the game as a walk-off homer. That's when they used to run on the field afterwards. The Yankee Stadium enters. Uh, they all hit hits a home run. They win the game. They go to play the mighty red machine in the, in the World Series, and all of Yankee Stadium runs onto the field. It's their first championship really since the 60s, and they win, and they go to the World Series where they eventually lose— you <laughs> in four games to the Red uh, to the Cincinnati Reds. But Chambliss's right. homer did it. First baseman for the team.
1: I want to take a quick intermission on this list to ask you about two other lists. Is baseball, what, your number 2 sport? I know probably. you love soccer.
0: Yeah, probably, yeah. which gets me to number 3. But baseball, you know, I'm mainstream. Not a big golf guy. Never got big into hockey, although Rangers and Islands were huge in my youth. But I had to make a choice, and I left hockey behind.
1: Football's number 1 for me. Yeah. Um, also, you've now given 5 and 4, one Mets, one Yankees. So are you a Mets or Yankees guy?
0: I'm not a hater. More of a Mets guy than the Yankees guy, but I don't hate, which I really like. I, there's, a, there's a lot I like about myself, but I think I like that the most about myself. <laughs> that, you, yeah. that you're there's bipartisan? A lot of, like, yes, I'm bipartisan. The countdown continues after this.
1: Number three. You hinted at your number three, so you go ahead and do number three first. Number
0: three is the year 2010, the World Cup. Uh, the, The U.S. team, men's team, always struggles, but they have to win decisively. They have to win and beat Algeria in order to advance to the knockout round against Ghana. And with time running out, Tim Howard, instead of punting it all the way down the field with a throw... Finds Landon Donovan, who passes it forward and never stops. With time ticking down, he never stops. The shot ends up going right to the forward. The goal, of the shot goes on goal. The rebound comes out to Landon Donovan, who never stopped running. 45 yards, and because they tell you to always follow your shot, mm-hmm. always follow the play, the ball comes out to him. He puts it in. They win. They advance. Game over. To me, 2010 knockout round, they survive. They go that go to the, quarter finals, to Qu- the quarter quarterfinals. To the quarterfinals against Ghana, a team they also could have beat, but they right. didn't. I That's remember, and that is that the farthest we've ever gone. U.S. quarters, yeah, quarters? never gone to the semis. But they have so many young teenagers and young 20 players starting and making an impact you overseas. Feel good right now, I've never seen anything like it in my life. They oh. have six starters on premier teams overseas. You right. never see that.
1: Okay. I'm excited. You know I like soccer as well, so we'll see about Team USA. My number 3 now gets me to my favorite sport, football. And interestingly, it's my favorite team that only comes in at number 3, the Dallas Cowboys. This would be the 1992 Super Bowl. Uh, My whole family, big Cowboys fans my entire life, so my dad got Super Bowl tickets when they finally made their way back to the top. This was against the Buffalo Bills, and they absolutely blew out the Bills in the Rose Bowl in California. I mean, it was like a star stuff. I remember being there. Sugar Ray Leonard was walking around. Everywhere you turned, it seemed like there was some celebrity. It was my first Super Bowl I ever went to. I went professionally later several times. And it wasn't even close, which usually isn't one of your best sports memories. But I'll never forget... Because Leon- you're such a
0: Cowboy fan. It's different. We blow people
1: out. Yeah. That's why it's not close. That's right, usually. Yeah. <laughs> it's been 20 years of not right. doing so. The Giants <laughs> barely beat them, and then you guys would crush them the next year. But I'll never forget, Leon Lett had that fumble return... For what we thought was a touchdown, right in front of me, but Don BB comes running down the sidelines, knocks out of Leon Lett's hands right as he crosses the goal line. Matter not in the end, because what was the score? Fifty-two to seventeen, or something. So this and team... launches the Cowboys dynasty.
0: Uh, this is how crazy I was as a coach. I put two two moments I always showed to the players. I showed him round seven, Riddick Bow against Holyfield, and um, and it was Riddick uh, Holyfield was knocked out on his feet. By a guy 30 pounds more than him. But by the end of the round, he had come to and Riddick Ball was holding on. I go, so the lesson that's, is fight that's through. That's the lesson. Uh, number two is uh, Don Beebe. Finish. They were getting they were getting crushed. There was no, yes. there was no reason to chase Leon let down. But he did because that's what he does. That's right. You fight. You go through the tape. You fight to the end. I don't care what the score is. And I'm sure they didn't know what the hell I was talking about. I think they it's were probably 13. Though. I love that lesson. But to me, I always, and I, I talked to Don Beebe and I put him in my first book, The Games Do Count, and I talk about that moment. Number two. So here's my number two. Broncos, Packers, covering it professionally. Saw so a lot of great Super Bowls. So I have saw over 20 Super Bowls covering them. Never won as a fan. But Favre has come and for back-to-back Super Bowls, supposed to crush the Broncos, who many people thought, oh, I hope they lose. I don't want them to get to the Super Bowl again and be humiliated again. And then John Elway, who used to single-handedly bring the Broncos there, not anymore. He was at the end of the right. rope where Terrell Davis it was his team. Mm-hmm. And between the concussion that had him singing double and having to be basically a total— Uh, a total decoy in the backfield in the first half and the way he was able to battle back and put together that uh, put together that game and pull off that win Mm -hmm. and to see Pat Bowen say this one's for John I thought that was awesome a superstar who got very human at the end of his career who would then go for back-to-back Super Bowls that was my second moment so my second is going to share a
1: similar storyline as yours although as you'll notice all of mine have to do with my teams back in Texas and in Dallas Um, number two to me is the 2011 Dallas Mavericks NBA championship. I love football more than basketball, but the reason that championship somehow resonates more with me than the Dallas Cowboys dynasty of the 90s is because life is about expectations, and I expected that Cowboy team to win. They were so good, and it felt good to watch a game when you knew they were going to win. You knew they were better. But in 2011, I didn't expect the Mavericks to win it all. And every moment felt like a gift, a surprise. Every moment was, I can't believe we're doing this. And Dirk Nowitzki, who is a class act individual who showed loyalty throughout his entire career to the city of Dallas, finally arrives and takes down this dream team, super team creation of LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. And he's surrounded by no other all-stars, but Dirk Nowitzki finally battles through and gets his championship for the city of Dallas. He is a local hero. He'll always be a legend in Dallas for that. And that championship was about as sweet as it gets.
0: Well, I agree. And from what I remember, too, Mark Cuban arrived as an owner, but he treated the players great. He made sure that locker room was top-notch. He made sure the players had what they wanted. And he created that. I I also appreciated that. I think we rolled that in when he came and did a feature here. So I could appreciate that. From the Fox News Podcasts
1: Network... I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter, and I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to Foxnewspodcasts.com. Number. 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 Number one. Five, four,
0: three, three. Number one. Now, you're going to be shocked at my number one. Okay. Holyfield Tyson one. Let me put your mindset. So he gets out Is of prison. this the ear biting one? Uh, no, Holy the f- first one. So one. he's not too, so Holyfield. Yes. Field already lost his title when he had his heart issue, and he's out. So he's supposed to fight Tyson before he went to prison. It's supposed to be the ultimate fight. It's supposed to he has all three titles. He's supposed to win it, and he's supposed to go against Tyson. He's going to lose. So Tyson goes to jail. I still have the poster when they were supposed to fight. It was supposed to be June. He goes to jail, and he goes to jail for two and a half, three years. So uh, Field's at the dominant division. Then has the heart issue. I think he loses to Michael Moore because he and. Whatever happens. So he's, it's the end of the rope. So it's not supposed to be a big fight. And everyone, he's crushing people again. He has everyone scared, whether it's Mercer goes down, got hit on top of his head, Frank Bruno, muscles coming out of his ear, it's collapsed and knocked unconscious in the fifth round. So he's gonna fight Tyson. Everyone's scared. Not only is Holyfield not scared, they fight after the round, Rocky three style, mm-hmm. where they fight. And I go, wait a second. This guy stood up to this terror. That everyone was afraid of in prison, let alone in the ring with trained fighters. He stood up to him, fought him after the round, and in the end had him TKO'd out on his feet in 10 rounds. So he was able to adjust, persevere, survive, outthink, and outwork Mike Tyson and beat him out on his feet. To me, the most inspiring thing, I was doing the Big East Championships, soccer, women's soccer. And I went to, it was at Notre Dame, the campus of Notre Dame. And I watched with everyone in uh, on campus that day. And I remember saying to myself... By the end of it, everyone was just shocked what we were seeing. Standing up to Tyson, taking his best blow and coming back. So can I tell
1: you what I like about that story? My family and I are watching Survivor right now. I'm watching it with my kids. I love Survivor. It's still on? Well, we're actually watching it on Netflix. I'm watching some random season we never saw. Here's what I love about it, Brian. People reveal themselves in failure. Success doesn't show you anything about people's character. Nothing. It's easy to be a winner, to act like you have class when you're at the top. When Holyfield started to beat Tyson, and then you have that second fight where Tyson unravels and goes to the ear-biting, he showed in a lot of ways who he was in the face of failure. And I just love, as we watch Survivor, and it gets tough for these various people, you start to see their personalities in a way you didn't in the first couple of episodes. You thought you liked this character, and now the tide's going against them. You're like, wow. Look at this personality. Here's my number one. It's from College Football. It's a 2005 national championship game Texas Longhorns against USC Trojans I think it's the best sporting event ever played it's a seesaw battle back and forth stars all over the field on both sides but the biggest star of all was Vince Young and it comes down to one play fourth and seven for the win I believe it was with something like seven seconds left and I knew we all knew because he was Superman that Vince Young would find a way to get in and he did and brought that championship to the Texas Longhorns
0: some of the superstars in USC one was Reggie Reggie Bush Reggie
1: Bush Matt Leinert um, you had uh, who,
0: who was not it? Keyshawn? He was gone. No, no, right he there. he was
1: gone. Uh, what was it? Was it D- Dwayne Jarrett was the receiver?
0: Maybe I can't remember. Yeah. Um but soup. Both teams had great stories to win. Like you thought. And by the way, how shocked are you? Great pick. How shocked are you that Vince Young was not a dominant pro? Ter- 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 terribly shocked. He had the size. He's ability, the greatest athlete I've leader? ever
1: seen. He's the greatest athlete I've ever seen play. Dominant. And, yeah, Could and he be I, stopped. And he was. But it might go to that thing about. Until he faced failure. Right. Might go back to your story at number one.
0: So listen, uh, Will, I was able to bring us in because of my skill and my experience. Are you able to lock us out? I'm going to try my best. Brian. Right.
1: Thank you to everyone for listening. Please
0: subscribe, rate,
1: and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at foxnewspodcast.com. And let us know your top five. You've been listening to Fox Top 5 on the Fox News Podcast Network.